good. Hello, everyone. Hello and welcome. Happy day after Easter. Yes, that's right. We definitely forgot it was Easter last week. Well, I mean, it wasn't Easter. No. no, I know. We forgot last week that this week was Easter. Yeah, I mean, would we have done anything different? No, but I probably would have said Happy Easter oh. last week and done something like this topic last week. Ah, well, you missed your chance. Easter episode, the day after can't, Easter. Can't say Happy Easter now. Yeah, well, late Happy Easter then. Nope, doesn't um, count. Gotta wait till next year. Okay. Uh, so I'm Carly. Welcome to Nona Knowns, the podcast. Um, I'm Carly, your I'm, beloved host. I'm Harry, also beloved host. Yeah. Right? Uh, I don't know. What do the people think? If you beloved me, if or you... Or me. If you beloved each or each, if either of us are beloved to you, let us know. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. 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 Um, uh, Happy Easter. No, I Did said I you can't <laughs> say that till next year. Damn. You missed it. He's risen. What, uh, are there other holidays today? I literally, this is going to sound really, no, never mind. I'm not going to say it. It will make me sound really bad. Okay. I wasn't sure who celebrated Easter. I'll say it. I knew Christians celebrated Easter, and then my mm -hmm. thought process was, who else? No one, right? We're yeah. the only ones who think Jesus, like, survived that, or was real and survived it, and yeah. was, like, I'm like, well... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, t we'll, t well uh, Monday, the April 5th, is National Deep Dish Pizza Day. Happy National Deep Dish Pizza Day, everyone. There you go. Or National Flash Drive Day and <gasps> Read a Roadmap Day. That's very funny because I'm using a flash drive right now. I live in Chicago, the city of deep dish pizza. Mm -hmm. And what was the other one? Roadmap Day? Yeah, Read a oh, Roadmap wow. Day. Well, we don't drive, so I'm anti that one. <laughs> okay. Um, do not. If you celebrate Read a Roadmap Day, do not listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. We don't want you. Yeah. Okay, you're you're shaking the mic. Sorry, you're I was shaking. just trying looking at other holidays. Okay, well, um, well, this week is gonna be so. Here's some news. This week, uh, this episode's gonna be a little short because I don't know. I didn't want to do a lot of work for it. Um, I'm very tired. I worked today, and this is our recording day. Whenever I work on recording day, it's gonna be rough. Um, yeah. and then. I'm sorry to announce that next week we are going to take the week off. So you're getting a short episode. I apologize. And then you're getting no episode. But I almost, I was like this close. And only Harry can see it. But how close is it? Uh, that's really, really close. Really close. Yeah. Um, to just saying, let's just take a two week uh, spring break because it's Easter. Mm -hmm. And then next weekend... Is my birthday, April 10th. The two most important days of the year. Saturday, I think it's a Saturday. Saturday, April 10th. So, you know, we've just been busy. I, I mean, we didn't do anything for Easter. We don't really ever, but we did work, and it was a busy day at work because it was Easter. Um, but yeah, uh, next week is my birthday, so we're taking the, we're, we're going to take that week off. 
Yeah, did you not tell me that you wanted to take two weeks off because you knew I would say yes? Definitely. No, I just, I was like, Carly, just do it. Just do it. Just record when you get home today. Just do it. Well, we Would you have said yes? Probably, yeah. Damn it. Are you serious right now? Yeah, I, I always want to record less than you do. <sighs> <laughs> Guys. Not to make it sound like I don't enjoy this, but... Uh, sometimes I do, don't, uh, I got other things I want to do. <laughs> wow. Someone's got other uh, like hobbies and priorities. I huh? don't. I don't have other hobbies and priorities. I don't like doing anything. So Yeah, he'd obvious... rather just play video games. Yeah, and even that. I'm like, why do, that's just like, that's just because I have to do something to keep myself occupied. Ideally, I wouldn't even need to do that. Okay. I just don't like doing things. Don't take it personal. <laughs> um, but yeah, next weekend's busy because um, it is my birthday. Uh, well, we work a lot next week. That doesn't really matter. But it is my birthday on Saturday. And then, so, you know, I want to just kind of hang out for my birthday and not have to worry about uh, recording. And then Sunday, we are getting our second vaccination. So mm -hmm. I plan on being sick. <laughs> I plan on, um, I'm planning for the side effects that may come from the second dose. Um, and I am going to lay in bed all day and probably take a nap after I get my second dose. Um, I'm not, you know, I got a pretty bad headache from the first one. So I know I'm going to get some symptoms from the second one. So, yeah, that's why... I'm not recording because this weekend is going to be busy <laughs> okay. and I work during the week. So same right. with you. You work during the week. We have a busy weekend. D yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're taking the week off. That's it. That's all. Okay. Now what? Now what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. I was just going to say we're right at the start of this episode. We don't know. It's going to be short. It might be one our longest episode yet. It won't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Well, I know because I want this to be short. Oh, okay. All right. You want to get into it? Get into what? Your topic? Your story? Okay, sure, yeah. Let's, okay. let's do it. I don't have any news this week. I, I don't have anything. <laughs> I think you gave us plenty of news just now. Yeah, I know. I just don't have any current events. I don't think you care. I think they just want to hear this story. Also, send me birthday presents. Oh, that's the announcement. Send me birthday presents. Uh, you won't be hearing from me next weekend, but it'll be my birthday. If you're listening on April 10th, that means you have to send me something. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, my Venmo is in my Twitter bio. <laughs> I don't know it. I think it's Carly. Dash. Dash is like the horizontal line, right? Not underscore. Yeah. Dash. It's Carly Dash Davis Dash 35. If you need to know this more, you can um you can DM us. I run the Instagram account. Um or you can email knownunknownspodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out to me personally if you know me. You can Venmo me something. If you would like my address to send a present, I'll give it to you. If you want to send me a present, 
But if I do not receive the present within like a week, I'm calling the cops. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying. And if you're you do send us something, no bombs, no bo- no anthrax. Come on, yeah, guys, seriously. grow up, <laughs> grow up. I would really like <sighs> my dream. Okay. Okay. I wanted one since I was very little, and my parents didn't get me one because they said it's not that fun. A rock tumbler. I want a rock tumbler. So if anyone wants to help me buy a rock tumbler or buy me a rock tumbler, okay, contact me. There will be a GoFundMe in this description. Buy Carly a rock tumbler. Seriously. <laughs> My parents wouldn't buy me a rock tumbler. They said it takes too long to tumble the rocks. It won't be fun. It's not as fun as you think. I still want one. We want we want to put that to the test. And also, Harry has known as long as we've been dating that I want a rock tumbler. And you know how many rock tumblers he's bought me? Zero. Zero rock tumblers. He's never bought me a rock tumbler. He won't buy me a rock tumbler. So one of you needs to buy me a rock tumbler. It, it didn't become a big thing until we started until when we lived without other people for a year you didn't mention it and then when we 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 have roommates and it's loud and it takes a long time uh i don't care i want a rock tumbler um i also you know i'll eat anything that's gluten free you can send me gluten free food uh what else do I like? I like pugs. If someone <laughs> wants not, to buy me a dog, I would be really happy with you. Do not send us a pug. Please send me a pug. No, it won't like that. Please send me a pug. In an ethical way. Bring a pug to my door. We, we cannot care for a pug at this time. Yes, we can. I will care for it. I will <laughs> love and care for this pug. Uh, what else do I want? <laughs> I don't know. I like you won't sparkly tell me things. What you want. I like pink things. Uh, I tell you constantly things that I want. <laughs> Don't even start with me. Um, or you can just give me like a gift card for food, <laughs> okay. for like Postmates or you know Uber Eats or something. Anything really. Even a text. I'll take a text. I'll take an email. A happy birthday email. I just want stuff for my birthday. <laughs> anyway, so April 10th, Saturday. Be there. <laughs> it's Carly's second birthday in pandemic times. Second birthday in quarantine. Not really quarantine because I'd go to work, but um, second, pande- second pandemic birthday. You know, yeah. <clears throat> last year for my birthday, it was like... Uh, things had shut down like things have been closed for about a month so it was scary times especially it was definitely it was quarantine times during my birthday last year um and you know now i'm getting my second shot the day after my birthday happy birthday to you mm-hmm the gift of but, immunity. You know, still in the pandemic. Two birthdays. I thought I wouldn't have to do another birthday in it, but I do. <sighs> Very depressing, depressing, depressing. <laughs> anyway, send me presents. You know how to reach me. <laughs> okay, great. You can also just oh. PayPal the Nona Knowns account and I will take it. 
as long as you put in the note that it's for me. But I know it's for me yeah, if you give it to me. I Otherwise, I'd get it. No. I get it. <laughs> it's my birthday present. If I receive any money on that account for this entire month, it is mine for my birthday. If you send me something five months later and you put that it's for my birthday, it's also mine. So just just say happy birthday, Carly. Okay. All right. Let's good let's do this. <laughs> I, I made my announcements. All right. That killed some time. See, it is shaping up to be a regular length episode. No. All right. Don't put your computer on the table. It's going to wiggle the mic. I'm, I'm taking it down. Yeah, we don't edit this, so you hear all the squabbles. Is that a word? Squabbles. Uh-huh. Great. All right. So. Talk to me. Baseball is a boring sport. Is it? Go White Sox. <laughs> and with every passing year, it seems to get more so, as players who show any indication they may be enjoying themselves at all are derided and persecuted by the powers that be. What? Yet, in spite of this boringness, or perhaps, in fact, because of it, baseball history is chock-a-block with colorful characters and unique personalities. For this instance... Was, this was the intro you spent this, time writing today? Well... Yes. I like it. It's good. Continue. For instance, uh, everyone's aware, everyone knows Yogi Berra, uh, the uh, the catcher and uh, famous manager, famous for his various sayings and malapropisms. For yeah, instance, who did he play for? I don't, I okay. don't know. The Continue. Yankees? Continue. It's fine. Yeah, that's what, that was going to be my guess. Uh, you know, uh, he's, for instance, you can observe a lot by just watching or... Uh, no one goes there nowadays, it's too crowded. Or baseball is 90% mental and the other half is physical. That that doesn't add up. Exactly. Okay. But he's famous for saying things like that. Well, the, he sounds dumb. Sorry, am I the problem here? <laughs> no. This, okay, continue. I, that's why people like him, because he's dumb and also uh, a baseball player. Because dumb. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, uh, uh, you know, the famous story of Doc Ellis, who famously pitched a no-hitter while on LSD. What? I'll tell you about that sometime. I, I don't believe that's true. Oh, it is. Nuh-uh. Yeah. You're lying. No, it's true. What? Wait, <laughs> we're not talking about that? Yeah, I, I, uh, no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about somebody else. Well, then... All right. I'll talk about I'll talk about that another time. I promise okay. I will. Okay. So that, we're, we're, that was in like the seventies. We're going even further back in time. We're talking about baseball in honor of a Wrigley Wrigley's opening day. Well, yeah, all of all of MLB's opening day was a few days ago. Rig, well, Wrigley's opening day opening game was when I don't know the, the first. other day. Well, I think on like the 8th, the 8th is the White Sox opening day. Or home opener, yeah. Home mm -hmm. opener, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think baseball started That's what on I'm first. talking about. The oh, Chicago right, open openers. Okay. Okay. They know we live here. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's, what, I, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. That was terrible. I had to take the bus through Wrigleyville. Uh-huh. 
No one was socially distancing. No one was wearing masks. There were crowds of people in the bars. It was disgusting. You should have seen the eye roll at the start of that sentence, folks. It was something to behold. You should have seen my eye roll on the bus when I was watching this. As people would get on the bus, I would roll my eyes at them. And I would shake my head. I'm like... (laughs) I would, like, go... (sighs) There was a they woman. They couldn't hear you. You were on the bus. No, no, no. If they got on the bus, oh, if, if I saw the them come from the field onto the bus I or see. from a bar, I would go. <sighs> if they tried to sit by me, <laughs> did I not tell you that? No. If they tried to sit near me, I would like make a stink at them. at them. I'd make a stink about it. But there was a lady in front of me, probably my age or maybe a little older. Uh-huh. She was recording the whole thing, like going like, can you believe this? Look at how busy it is. She was pissed and she took like a five minute video and sent it to a bunch of people. <laughs> and I'm like, that's me. That is that is very much you. No, I harassed people on the bus. I made eye contact with everyone outside and I went, <laughs> I'm shaking my head yeah. right now. Rolling my eyes and shaking my head. Because also, they made my commute slower, and I just wanted to go home. <laughs> That's all. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this is shaping up to be a very normal length episode, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Okay, sorry. All right. Continue. So, so, so it, rather, I'm, t- I'm talking today, I, I, and I don't think you will regret hearing about him. Uh, okay. Rube Waddell. Rube? Rube Waddell. Rube. Rube. Waddell. George. George Edward Waddell, which I guess was his real name, but he went by Rube. Oh, you hit the table and shook the microphone this time. Oh, my elbow hit the table, okay. All right. I need to turn this down. You're loud. So am I. Continue. (laughs) Rube Waddell was an American southpaw pitcher in Major League Baseball. Over a career spanning 13 years, he played for the... Louisville Colonels, Pittsburgh Pirates, and Chicago Orphans in the National League, as well as the Philadelphia Athletics and St. Louis Browns in the American League. Born in Bradford, Pennsylvania, Waddell was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1946. Wow. Excuse me. Why? Well, Waddell is best remembered for his highly eccentric behavior and for being a remarkably dominant strikeout pitcher in an era when batters mostly slapped at the ball to get singles. He had an excellent fastball, a sharp breaking curveball, a screwball, and superb control. Uh, his strikeout to walk ratio was almost three to one, which I assume is good. Uh, and he led the major leagues in strikeouts for six consecutive years. Wow. Anyway, early life. <laughs> wow. This sounds like a Wikipedia article. That's a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> All right. Waddell was born on October 13th, 1876. Are you sure it's not Waddle? Or it could be Waddle. <laughs> Wa- Rube- I like Rube Waddle. <laughs> Rube Waddle was born on October 13th, 1876. So this is way back in oh time. My, he's old. Just outside Bradford, Pennsylvania. He grew up in the countryside. Biographer Alan Levy wrote that Waddell... Waddle was, quote, a decidedly different sort of child. Oh, no. At the age of three, he wandered over to a local fire station and stayed there for several days. Um, what? <laughs> Don't Did know. Did no one come looking for him? 
I assume after a few days he just uh, wandered back. I don't know. And the firefighters let him do it? <laughs> That's my know. question. <laughs> they didn't know where he came from, I guess. I don't know. So they just let him live there? Maybe they were trying to figure out where he came from for... So they're like, it's fine. You can sleep here tonight. I really have no idea. Okay. I don't... Well, this was like 18... Yeah, this something. was like the, oh, 1879, I guess. So they were probably been. like, eh, yeah. he's like 20 years old in my mind, you know? Yeah, exactly. He Kids was old. were older back in those days. Yeah. Uh, he did not attend school very often, uh, and he strengthened his arm as a child by throwing rocks at birds he encountered while working on his family's land. He sounds like a serial killer child. He also worked on mining and drilling sites as a youngster, which helped his conditioning. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Early baseball career. Waddell's, Waddell's career wound through a number of teams. He was notably unpredictable. Early in his career, he would often leave in the middle of a game to go fishing. Uh, he also had a long-standing fascination with fire trucks and had run off the field to chase after them during games on multiple occasions. <laughs> what? <laughs> he would disappear for months at a time during the off-season, oh, and it was not known where he went. <laughs> no. Until it was discovered that he was wrestling alligators in a circus. What? Yeah. Who is this man? <laughs> He's Rube Waddle. Or Rube Waddell. Yeah, could, I don't know. Uh, right. <laughs> he was easily distracted by opposing fans who held up puppies, which caused him to run over to play with them, and shiny objects, which seemed to put him in a trance. <laughs> so, <laughs> something isn't... Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, this is a, an interesting character. Yes, okay. indeed. People brought puppies to games? Well, it's, yeah, to distract him. Hey, they're playing. They're playing. Uh, you know, what? they're playing the Chicago Orphans. Everyone, bring your puppies. It'll distract their pitcher. <laughs> Why did he not get fired immediately for always just running off the field to see a puppy? Well, because he was a really good player. He was like the best pitcher in the league. So he would just leave to look at puppies sometimes. I guess so. Or he, this is weird. Okay, keep going. That's what it says here. I, okay, I believe it. I I'm know. just saying. An alcoholic for much of his short life, Waddle reportedly spent his entire first signing bonus on a drinking binge. Oh, no. Uh, uh, his eccentric behavior led to constant battles with his managers and scuffles with bad-tempered teammates. Anyway. Waddle's okay. first professional contract uh, was with Louisville where he pitched two league games and a couple of exhibitions with the team at the end of the 1897 season. Uh, season end, he went to Detroit and gained to gain professional experience. After defaulting on rent and being fined by owner George Vanderbeck, he left Detroit in late May to pitch in Canada, before eventually returning to Homestead, Pennsylvania, uh, to pitch semi-pro baseball there. Huh. Um, let's see here. He uh, had a... Had a good winning record there. Won seven to nine uh, games in the last month of the 1899 season. Um, let's see here. Uh, Waddell debuted with the Pittsburgh Pirates in 1900, leading the National League in ERA. However, his erratic behavior led manager Fred Clark to suspend him. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, after he, bit, he pitched in semi-pro ball in small towns such as Punxsutawney, uh, <laughs> Milwaukee Brewers manager Connie Mack learned of his availability. With Pittsburgh's approval, Mack convinced Waddle to pitch for Milwaukee for several weeks in the summer of 1900. Several weeks. Milwaukee was in the newly named American League, formerly known as the Western League, um, which was not yet directly competing with the National League. On August 19th, Watto pitched the first game of a doubleheader for Milwaukee, winning in the 17th inning on his own triple. Mack offered Waddell a three-day fishing vacation if he agreed to pitch the second game. <laughs> After Waddell threw a complete game shutout for the victory, he headed to Pewaukee Lake to go fishing. Uh, oh. Pittsburgh's management quickly recognized Waddell's talent and asked for his return. Yeah, so pe people would, like, fire him and suspend him, and then he would... Go to play a really place. play a good place and play really well and they bring him back yeah all for the game exactly okay so is the story just how weird he was or yeah did that's something basically happen? it it's <laughs> just how weird he was yeah he is weird <laughs> all right uh, I don't know, just some fun facts. Uh, Waddell had worn out his welcome in Pittsburgh by 1901 and his contract <laughs> was sold to the Chicago Cubs then managed really? by Tom Loftus. Um, you didn't mention that. I did not. I didn't. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, well, you wrote it. Yeah. Okay. I uh, write a lot of things I don't know. If you anyway. haven't noticed. Uh, Connie Mack, uh, now in Philadelphia, was desperate for pitching. When he learned that Waddle was pitching in California, uh, he, he like played for the Cubs and left and did, went to California and stuff. Um, he dispatched two Pinkerton agents to sneak Watto back to Philadelphia, where he led the Philadelphia a Athletics to the 1902 American League crown. He had to, they had to send private detectives to bring him back to Philadelphia to play baseball there for some reason. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. This guy's weird. Uh, much later, Mac described Waddle as the atom bomb of baseball long before the atom <laughs> bomb was discovered. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Right. On July 1st, 1902, Waddle became the second pitcher to strike out three batters on nine pitches in the third wow. inning of a 2-0 win over the Baltimore Orioles. That's just three strikeouts in a row. That's right. That's crazy. Three three batters, three pitches each, all strikeouts. That's crazy. First, first player in the AL to do it. Uh, shortly after the 1902 baseball season, reports indicated Waddle would, would play for Connie Mack's athletics football team. Uh, however, what? he never played for the football athletics. Mack later said, There was a little fellow from Wanamaker's who asked for the job of quarterback. I don't think he weighed more than 140 pounds. Well, the first practice, Waddle tackled him and broke his leg. It was the first inkling John Scheib and I had that players could be badly hurt in football. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we got Rube out of there without delay. He was supposed to be pretty good, but we never found out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They didn't realize that people could get hurt playing football until then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the 1900s were an odd time. Yeah. <laughs> this is weird. I know. Okay. Waddle returned to his family's home in Pennsylvania and played with local football clubs there. Okay. <laughs> he still played football. That's still dangerous. Yeah. He played with various football teams in his later years and had a brief stint as a goalkeeper in the St. Louis Soccer League. Uh, in his prime, Waddle was the game's <laughs> premier power pitcher, and back to baseball now, with 302 strikeouts in 1903, 115 wow. more than runner-up Bill Donovan. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Um... 
Let's see here. Uh, according to baseball historian Lee Allen in the American League story, Watto began the 1903 season sleeping in a firehouse in Camden, New Jersey, and ended at Tending Bar in a saloon in Wheeling, West Virginia. Uh, huh. In between those events, he won 22 games for the Philadelphia Athletics, uh, toured the nation in a vaudeville play called The Stain of Guilt, what? courted, married, and became separated from May Wynn Skinner of Lynn, Massachusetts, saved a woman from drowning, accidentally shot a friend through the hand, and was bitten by a lion. What? All in one season of baseball. <laughs> oh my gosh, What? <laughs> This is weird. He's so weird. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, uh, his performance in The Stain of Guilt was notable in that his co-stars, who had realized that he was incapable of memorizing his lines, <laughs> allowed him to improvise his lines for every show. The play was critically acclaimed and was much discussed for a scene in which Waddell lifted the actor playing the villain and threw him across <gasps> the stage with ease. Waddell, oh you... <laughs> Waddle used his newfound stardom as an actor to negotiate a higher wage for his baseball career. <laughs> what the heck? He's living the dream. He's just good at everything. He is people good just, at everything. People just like the guy, Except I guess. for memorizing lines. Right. Well, apparently he's still a good enough actor to not need to. I don't know. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or they, they liked him enough to keep him around anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, in Elliot Asanoff's 1963 account of the 1919 World Series fix, Eight Men Out, mention is made of Watto being bribed not to pitch in the 1905 World Series against the New York Giants. <laughs> uh, further discussion of the 1905 World Season has taken place at Sabre. Uh, Watto followed that season with 349 strikeouts in 1904, 110 more than runner-up Jack Chesbro. Uh, no other pitcher compiled consecutive 300 stakeout seasons until Sandy Koufax in 1965 and 1966. Mm. Waddle was the opposing pitcher for Cy Young's perfect game on May 5th, 1904 and hit a fly ball for the final out. Waddle's 349 strikeouts represented the modern era season record for more than 60 years and remains the sixth most on the modern list. Uh, in 1946, it was initially believed that Bob Feller's 348 strikeouts had broken Waddell's single-season mark, but research into his 1904 season box scores revealed uncounted strikes that lifted him back above Fel Feller. Uh, still holds the ALC single-season strikeout record by a left-handed pitcher. Um, in 1905, Waddle won a triple crown for pitching. He finished with a 27-10 win-loss record, 287 strikeouts, and a 1.48 earned run average. I think that's good. Um, oh, yeah. It was Waddell's fourth consecutive season to finish with 20 or more wins. Around this time, he was sharing a room with teammate Ossie Schreckengost, uh, as was customary during the era. Schreckengost later refused to share the room until a contract clause was created, which would stop Waddell eating crackers in bed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, did they share a bed? I think they just shared a room, but I'm guessing that... Crunchy? Maybe he would eat them in the middle of the night? I he don't know. He would eat crackers in bed. Or I guess it would attract mice? I don't know. That's so funny. Yeah. You can't eat crackers in bed. <laughs> Had to be in his contract. <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. Uh, Waddle also gained more fame for saving the lives of people inside a department store when he picked up a burning oil stove that had overturned and carried it out of the building before it could start a fire. 
<laughs> I don't think this guy knew what danger was. I don't like either. I don't think he was all there. Like I I don't think no. he understands the consequences of his actions. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, late later career. Waddle's drinking problem was exacerbated by a horrific marriage to May Wynne Skinner, his second of three wives, and a series of injuries in 1905 and 1906. Skinner threatened to prosecute Rube for bigamy because she did not recognize the divorce granted Rube in St. Louis. But the divorce granted by the circuit court on February 9th, 1910 was legal, so the former Mrs. Waddle had no case. Um, On April 8th, 1908... Uh, the Scranton Republican newspaper published an interview with Waddle entitled Unkissed Girl Sought by Rube Waddle. This article mm-hmm. pro- provided yet another example of Waddle's progressing instability. Waddle's intent was to use the article as an advertisement for his desire to find himself another wife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, Ken Burns' later documentary Baseball claimed Waddle had even lost track of how many women he had married. In time, his alcohol use began to erode his relationships with his athletic teammates. Uh, Schreckengast, a one-time friend who regularly fetched alcohol and fishing poles for Waddle, squabbled with both Waddle and Mac for being treated differently for the squabble. same offenses. Squabble. I said that you earlier. You said that earlier. You said squabble. And then I said, is that a word? <laughs> um, Waddle's increasingly erratic behavior included an, inc- an incident in which he got into a fist fight on a cross-country train after making fun of a teammate's straw hat. <laughs> Gosh, why? Why mess? Why? Why make fun of his hat? I don't know. It's rude. It is rude. Okay. Uh, complaints from teammates forced Mac to send Waddle to the St. Louis Browns for five thousand dollars in early nineteen oh eight, despite his continued success. Um. Let me see here. Recent commentators such as Bill James have suggested that Waddle suffered from a developmental disability, uh, autism or attention deficit disorder. Uh, Not much was known about these mental conditions or the diagnoses at the time. Okay, well, I take back that he wasn't all there then. Because if he, yeah, that that's not fair. I mean, if he had something that there wasn't a diagnosis for at the time. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. Um... Though eccentric and childlike, Waddle was not illiterate, as some sources have claimed. Just yeah, want to get that out there. he doesn't sound illiterate. I bet <laughs> he had some form of, like, autism. It sounds like... Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, if he would just leave the state, like, to go look at puppies, I don't think he's reading the room. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, reading, reading the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> well. Um, to make sure he trade out... He stayed out of trouble during the off-season. Brown's owner, Robert Hedges, hired him as a hunter over the winters of 1908 and 1909. I don't know. Um, he set the league record for strikeouts in a game with 16 in 1908. Um, let's see here. Uh, he passed out in the middle of a game against New York in 1909. More drinking problems. Let's see here. Uh, he finished the... 1910 season and I don't know uh, and then uh, 1910 was the last season in the major leagues pitching style <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry um okay 
and he he's fin- he finished his career with very good stuff. What was his pitching style? What Waddle's, are you doing? Waddle's <laughs> pitching repertoire usually consisted of only two pitches, one of the fastest fastballs in the league and a hard curve. However, he had command of many more pitches, including slow curves, screwballs, fadeaways, and even a flutterball. Uh, Mac once said that Waddle's curve was even better than his speed. He had the fastest and deepest curve I've ever seen. Um, Waddle enjoyed waving his teammates off the field and then striking out the side. Uh, he actually did so only in exhibition games, since official baseball rules prohibit playing with fewer than nine men on the field in regulation play. But in a league game in Detroit, Waddle actually had his outfielders come in close and sit down on the grass to watch him strike out the side. Um... (laughs) Once the stunt almost backfired, uh, pitching in an exhibition game in Memphis, he took the field alone with his catcher, Doc Powers, for the last three innings. Uh, With two out in the ninth, Powers dropped the third strike, allowing the batter to reach first. The next two hitters blew pop flies that fell just behind the mound. Um, Despite running himself ragged, Waddell subsequently struck out the last man. Okay. (laughs) He could win a game by himself. Yeah. Pretty good guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Let's see here. Uh, After his major league career was over, uh, he pitched for parts of three more years in the minor leagues, including a 20-win season for the Minneapolis Millers in 1911. Um, Let's see here. Uh, He pitched for the other teams as well in uh, 1912 and 1913. However, his health had declined to such an extent that he no longer resembled the muscular, long-limbed hero of the prior decade. Uh, While in spring training with the Millers... uh, Waddle helped save the city of Hickman, Kentucky from a devastating flood in the spring of 1912. Uh, it doesn't elaborate on how he did that, but I believe that he did. Okay. It sounds like something he'd do. Mm-hmm. Uh, catching pneumonia, he lost much of the vitality that had sustained him, and a second mm-hmm. flood in Hickman and another ensuing case of pneumonia in 1913 took the rest. That same year, while in Minneapolis, he was diagnosed with tuberculosis and moved to live with his sister in San Antonio, Texas. His health never recovered, and he was placed in a sanitarium in nearby Elmendorf until he died at the age of 37 on April 1st, 1914. He died at 37? Yeah. Well, it sounds like from the like it sounds like he lived a long, full life, and then you hear he died at 37. Yeah. Which is wild. I, Which I, I guess is much older for that time. I guess, yeah. But uh-huh. it's still like yeah. super young now, but I feel like that's like middle-aged. Yeah. That would be like someone dying like 50-something yeah. today. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, that sounds reasonable. I mean, it was a very full life, it sounds like. Yeah. He definitely made the most of it. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Okay, is that all? Uh, Yep. Yeah, that's all. Uh, he, 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 uh, he was, uh, inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1946. Yeah. And is, uh, included in the book, The 100 Greatest Baseball Players of All Time. And, uh, he's, uh, just, uh, an interesting character. That's, that's all. That's the end. Okay. We can move on to your stuff. No, I just didn't understand a lot of the baseball references. I'm yeah. like, I don't get any of this, but okay. <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. You know? <laughs> I'm going to guess a lot of our listeners don't know a lot of it either. The point is, he was very good at baseball. Yeah, I know. I got that from it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I'm moving on to mine because I want to get this over with. Let's get it over with, folks. I'm really tired. Okay. My sources are from the Washington... Washington... (laughs) What? 
Washington, Washingtonian. <sighs> the Washingtonian. Okay. Wikipedia. Cool. And Inside Nova. I don't know what that means. So, in honor of um, Easter, I am talking. <laughs> in honor of next Easter. Of Easter. I am going to talk a little bit. Mine's short. Um, talk a little bit about the... Okay. I thought <laughs> no. yours was going to be short. I... You said it's going to be short 30 minutes later. Mine's going to be like 10 minutes. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to talk about uh, the legend of the bunny man. The bunny man. Have you ever heard of the Bunny Man? I don't think I've heard of the Bunny Man. So, I heard about the Bunny Man only because my older brother. So, let me tell you what I knew of the Bunny Man. Okay, tell me about what you know about the Bunny Man. I So, it is a legend, like a scary legend. It's not fun. Okay. Um, but I remember, I don't know if he drew inspiration from the actual Bunny Man legends. Okay. It sounds like he did. But he said, my older brother would tell me when I was really little, uh-huh. do you remember the bridge by uh, City Park in yeah. Delavan? Uh-huh. Um, uh, for like 4th Street Bridge? Um, no. Like oh, you oh. went to the city, you went to City Park and then you went all the way down to the railroad tracks and then there was a bridge. Like okay. you go under the pass, you go under the, yeah, like 4th. No, 3rd yeah. Street. No, that's 4th Street. The what? big bridge that you would take to get, you would like go over it to station? get to my house. Yeah, yeah the yeah, gas fourth station. Street. Okay, 4th Street Bridge. Yeah, under there. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. A bridge. <laughs> and he said that there was once this man who dressed in a bunny suit. Uh-huh. And he would uh, kill children and hang them from their toes at the top of the bridge. Oh. And actually, I don't know if he told me that this was just a thing that happened and I pictured it being at that bridge, because uh-huh. I was little, so I might have just pictured it happening at that bridge. But he did tell me that there was a guy in a bunny costume who would kill kids and hang them from their toes by a bridge. Hmm. Okay. Maybe. So, this is kind <laughs> of a, a dark story. Is that, <laughs> is that that's some foreshadowing? Yeah, so that's what I knew about the bunny. The bunny there, man. I had a bunny man legend growing up because my older brother told me you one. You knew the bunny man. Yeah. So the most popular version of the story of mm-hmm. the bunny man, I will read it to you. In the early 20th century, deep in the woods that divided the town of Clifton from Fairfax Station, there was an asylum for the insane. Oh. At some point, the asylum closed and the residents were piled into a bus bound for Lorton Prison. On the way there, the bus swerved and crashed. Many of the convicts escaped. Were they convicts if they were in an asylum? I guess they were. Uh, But were caught. But were caught. Save one. Douglas Griffin. So Douglas Griffin escaped. DG. While searching for him, authorities found a trail of half-eaten, gutted bunnies with many hanging from what was then called Fairfax Station Bridge. Mm-hmm. For months, the police searched for Griffin, but he was never found. Then, on Halloween night, several teens were hanging out under the bridge. How many teens? I don't know. <laughs> several. A handful. Several. At the stroke of midnight, they were attacked. 
The next morning, they were found hanging from the bridge, gutted like bunnies. Oh, no. To this day, it is said that if you are at Bunny Man Bridge at midnight on Halloween night, you too will meet the fate of those teens and rabbits. Teens in the woods at midnight on Halloween? That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Okay. So this bridge uh-huh. um, that everyone in this story is pretty much agreed upon that it is it is the Colchester Overpass um, in... Oh, my God. Hang on. Let me find where this is at. Uh, okay. Let me just read this. Cold... Colchester Overpass was built in about 1906 near the site of Sangster's Station, a Civil War era railroad station on what was once the Orange and Alexandria Railroad. Because of its association with the legend, the overpass is a popular destination for paranormal enthusiasts, or ghost hunters, and curiosity seekers. Interest increases around Halloween, and starting in 2003, local authorities began controlling access... Uh, to the area during that time. During Halloween 2011, over 200 people, some from as far away as Pennsylvania, uh, Maryland, uh, as the Pennsylvania-Maryland state line, were turned away during a 14-hour traffic checkpoint into the area. The Bunny Man Bridge was featured in the Fox documentary, Scariest Places on Earth, and is mentioned innumerable, innumerable times across the internet. I'm trying to... F- I can't believe I didn't write down where this was. Will you look like that up? Pennsylvania, probably. It might be, yeah. Uh, bu- 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 so uh, it's a real... Well... It's a bridge. It's a There is a real bridge that people associate with the Bunny Man Bridge, is what they mm-hmm. call it. The Bunny Man Bridge. Um, but again, this story is just kind of a legend that gets passed along, like... Everyone in the area kind of knows a version of the Bunny Man. I think it's in Virginia. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I was re. Yeah, it's in Virginia. Mm -hmm. Okay, but there are obviously historical inaccuracies to this legend because it is a legend. Okay. Like that Lorton Prison wasn't open until 1916. So it couldn't have happened in, what did I say, 1906? No. Uh, I don't think you gave a year earlier. No, I didn't. Um, (laughs) We'll say 1906. Yeah. Uh, There's no Fairfax court record of Douglas Griffin. Okay. The guy who escaped. And the old Clifton Library, where the the article's author tells skeptics evidence exists, never even existed. Um, Okay. (laughs) There's a whole... So there's a website you can go to of this guy or whatever that uh or that sites act like that this is real uh-huh and that he got this information from this library but the library doesn't exist the whole story is not real okay so a lot of people this is like a big legend in Virginia or whatever in surrounding areas. Okay. What? I'm serious. Yeah, Everyone no, I knows it. the story of the bunny yeah, man. I know. So here are other versions of the legend. Okay. At the stroke of midnight on Halloween, a killer in a white rabbit suit awaits. Lore has it if speaks his name if if speak his name uh, three times, he'll appear. Uh, bunny man, bunny man, bunny man is what you have to say. Stop it. You have You're... to do it on Halloween night at midnight. Yeah, but okay. don't expect to survive. He'll slash your throat and leave your body dangling from the bridge. That would suck. <sighs> Another. 
the spirit of an escaped mental patient haunts the railroad bridge. He escaped hell-bent on avenging the murders of his wife and child who were slain nearby. Living in the woods near the bridge, he killed and ate rabbits, wearing their skins and leaving their mutilated bodies hanging in the trees. Uh, On Halloween night, taunted by some uh, town children, he killed and mutilated them, too, hanging their corpses from trees around the bridge. In another spin on the same theme, Mm -hmm. he's the ghost of an escapee of a long-closed nearby asylum, dressed in a rabbit suit. He throws axes or chainsaws or hatchets at the cars of young couples who park by the bridge late at night. (laughs) So, there is... So, there is a guy... Okay. Who... Okay. So, I'm going to get into... You know what? What parts of this are real? What what what's the truth behind this? Like what started this legend? Because it's yeah. a very old legend. People talk about it. There's actually a movie. There's three movies, I believe, called The Bunny Man. Sounds ripe for a movie. It's like a really, really, really bad like indie horror film. It yeah. has really bad reviews, and there's three of them, and it has terrible ratings. But um, yeah. But the Bunny Man. Of them. It's there's a movie because this is actually like a real legend that people talk about. Yeah. Actually, in an episode of the first season of Lore, uh-huh. the podcast, he talks about it. I see. So it's a re- it's a real legend. So, Fairfax County Public Library historian archivist Brian A. Connolly extensively researched the Bunny Man legend. Okay. He has located two incidents. Okay, wait. So this guy wanted to know more, so he wrote the first like in-depth like scholarly paper mm-hmm. about the Bunny Man legend and where it came from. Uh-huh. Right. Cuz he was like, "What why is this a thing? Like why right. just like how do why does everyone ever know the story of like Bloody Mary or whatever?" Mm-hmm. And there's always different uh sto- like different renditions of it, but it's always like go into the go into the bathroom or something say her name three times in a mirror something Mm -hmm. like that yeah um so he did a whole thing on it he researched researched it and oh excuse me i burped uh he has located two incidents of a man in a rabbit costume threatening people with an axe (laughs) and the vandalism reports occurred 10 days apart in 1970 in burke virginia okay so I'll tell you these stories. Okay, tell me about those stories. The first incident was reported the evening of October 19, 1970, by U.S. Air Force Academy cadet Robert Bennett and his fiancée, who were visiting relatives on Guinea Road in Burke, Mm -hmm. Virginia. Around midnight, while returning from a football game, they reportedly parked their car in a field on Guinea Road to, quote, visit an uncle who lived across the street from where the car was parked. Yeah, I love to park my car with my sweetheart and visit my uncle yeah as they sat in the front seat with the motor running they noticed something moving outside the rear window moments later the front passenger window was smashed and there was a white clad figure standing near the broken window bennett turned the car uh turned the car around while the man screamed at them about trespassing including quote you're on private property and i have your tag number end quote as they drove down the road, the couple discovered a hatchet on their car floor. Ooh. Yeah. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah. When the police uh, requested a description of the man, Bennett insisted he was wearing a white suit with long bunny ears. However, Bennett's fiance contested their assailant did have did not have bunny ears on his head, but was but was wearing a white what is this? Uh 
I don't know Cap- what that is. Cap- Capriote uh, of some sort. They both remembered seeing his face clearly, but in the darkness, they could not determine his race. The police determined the hatchet. No, the police returned the hatchet to Bennett after examination. Um, the second reported sighting occurred on the evening of October 29, 1970, when construction security guard Paul Phillips approached a man standing on the porch of an unfinished home in, Sorry. in Kings Park West, Kings Park West on Guinea Road. Phillips said the man was wearing a gray, black, and white bunny costume and was about 20 years old, 5 feet and 8 inches tall, and weighed about 175 pounds. The man began began chopping at a porch post with a long-handled axe, saying, quote, You're trespassing. If you come any closer, I'll chop off your head. So this guy in a bunny costume is <laughs> chopping at wood. The Fairfax County Police opened investigations into both incidents, but both were eventually closed for lack of evidence. In the weeks following the incidents, more than 50 people contacted the police claiming to have seen the bunny man. Uh, several newspapers, including the Washington Post, reported that the bunny man had eaten a man's runaway cat. In 1973, Patricia Johnson, a student at the University of Maryland, College Park, submitted a research paper that chronicled precisely 54 variations of the two incidents. (laughs) So even that got all screwy. So uh, that's probably where the legend came from. What were you looking up? I was looking what a capirote was. What is it? It's a a pointed hat of conical form um, that is used by members of a confraternity of penitents it, it looks like it's basically uh what the kkk wears on their heads i was gonna say the kkk yeah uh-huh, it's a yeah like a pointy white hood type of thing well so. in different k in different accounts this was that was from wikipedia yeah. i read many articles and sometimes in the article the woman agreed that there were bunny ears and then another she was like nah mm-hmm. again there are a million different accounts of what actually happened yeah so i don't really know what happened but someone said they saw a bunny interesting a bunny okay. man All right. with an axe yeah interesting i wonder if the is well the, does the legend predate the 70s were people talking about the bunny man back before the i 70s think according or? to the research paper no oh okay interesting yeah. uh is All what right. this guy found okay. but it, it could be wrong i, I was just curious Mm-hmm. Yeah. If people saw the, saw what someone in a Klansman hood and projected, oh, that's the Bunny Man, onto <laughs> it, or if it was, the, I don't know, or maybe it was a a guy in a bunny suit and this uh, the girlfriend thought that it was a, a pointed hood. I don't know. I guess pointy white ears could look like one of those. Yeah. If it's point, if they're kind of pointed. And anyway. I mean, if you if you're in the South in the seventies and you're seeing. Someone in a white outfit with something coming out the top of their head. You're probably yeah, you're, seeing a, a yeah. Yeah. What 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 do you think is more likely that you're seeing a bunny outfit or a Ku Klux Klan outfit? It's commonly believed that it's it was just an old man who um lived right by that road, uh-huh. and people were trespassing on his property all the time, so he harassed them basically. Um, sure. But that would be really scary to see this guy smash your window in a bunny suit and then you find a hatchet in your back seat. Yeah, I wouldn't like that very much. No. I would try. I Yeah, I wouldn't be and having he a good throw, time. He threw a hatchet at them. Yeah, he threw a hatchet through the window. 
It's really <laughs> freaky. Or you're just taking a walk and you see this man on his porch and he's chopping wood in a bunny suit and he's like, don't come any closer to me or I'll chop your head off with it. Well, that you shouldn't trespass. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Trespassing is cool and good. Oh and my we God. Okay, it. we are finishing this. Is the this. End. Come on. This is the end of the podcast. All right. I've been Harry. I'm still Carly. And this has been... Known Unknowns. Honey, I dunked on the kids. What? Because it's weird out there. Bye. 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 Bye.